If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show, or right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me. We have a great show. I'm very excited. Matt Orfel is here. Uh, he's fantastic. It's been a very long time since he's been on. Um, if you don't know who Matt is, uh, he makes some of the best, most hilarious uh, video content. He does uh, th- those really amazing mashups um, where he calls out people for their ridiculous hypocrisy and corruption. He likes to target the media and uh, the COVID crisis and all of that stuff. So he's fantastic. Fantastic. I'm very excited to have him here. We'll be be bringing him in momentarily. Uh, I do have a couple Assange-related pieces of information uh, to go through with you really quickly. First of all, um, journalist Charles Glass um, uh, published in The Nation yesterday a piece where uh, he discusses his recent visit to Julian Assange in Belmarsh Prison. The whole piece is fantastic. I'm not going to read it all because it's a um, a little bit lengthier. I mean, it's not super long, but it's. uh, I don't think I can. I talk fast. I'm not sure I talk that fast. Um, So, but I did just want to go over a couple of the, I don't know if you want to call them highlights of the piece. There's no, there's no highlights about visiting uh, the world's most consequential journalist in prison. <laughs> That's not fun. Um, but uh, Charles Glass did go and visit him. He, this piece is really, um, it's really great. I would uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Again, it's at The Nation. Um, Stella Assange tweeted it out. Uh, lots of people have been kind of uh, sharing it around social media. But he um, went to visit on uh, Wednesday, December 13th. Um, and he uh, said that he strived uh, Julian strides into the visitors area. He stands out in the column of 23 prisoners for his height. He's six foot two uh, and flowing white locks with trimmed beard. He squints looking familiar face among the wives, sisters, sons, and fathers of other inmates. I am waiting as a sign at D3, one of about 40 sets of small coffee tables surrounded by three upholstered chairs, two blue, one red screwed into the floor of what looks like a basketball court. We spot each other, walk forward and embrace. It is the first time I have seen him in six years. I blur you're pale through a mischievous smile i remember from past meetings he jokes they call it prison pale so that actually um uh i'm it's it's good that he has still has a sense of humor intact um charles glass also goes on to um discuss some of the um conditions that Julian Assange is being held in. Um, So first of all, it's incredibly strict. Uh, The visiting situation is very strict. He talks about uh, there, there's a little, um, I don't know, like concession stand, I guess, or a little place where you can go and get snacks when you're there to visit somebody. Um, And Charles uh, uh, says, Hey, would you like something? And Julian tells him what he wants. And Charles is like, well, why don't you just come up with me and you can pick out your own stuff. He's not allowed. So he's not allowed to leave the table in the visiting area. Once he is sat down, he has to stay there. Um, He's not allowed to uh, go up and just order his own food from the little concession uh, area. Um, They also, uh, Charles attempted to bring him several books. Um, He was told he's not allowed to leave those books. Apparently, Julian um, is only permitted to have 15 books in his cell at one time. used to be 12. Uh, They managed to get it uh, up to about 15. Um, And the only way that he can get new books into his cell is if he uh, removes other books. So he just had to kind of leave them there and then um, as Julian goes through his books, he can um, bring new ones in, apparently. Um, he also, at one point, had a radio um, that no longer works. Uh, the I guess the plug is somehow defective. Um, they won't let him get another one or they're making it difficult for him to get another one, which is par for the course. Um, you'll remember me talking about previously that they uh, once gave him a laptop with the keys glued down. Um, 
it's very helpful. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it, the the piece from Charles Glass is very good. Uh, it talks a lot about the different things that he uh, has had to go through and the visiting situation, the radio, all of that stuff. So um, definitely go and check that out. As most of you know, we are approaching uh, the latest uh, court dates, which are in February, February 20th and 21st. Um, uh, these are very significant court dates. I really can't express that enough. And um, uh, there's going to be um, a, a two-day hearing, the 20th and 21st, in front of two new judges, um, and this will determine whether or not the request for appeal will be granted. So um, if this is denied, he could be extradited really at any moment following that. Um, just so you know, we are currently doing uh, a new phone push here in the United States. Um, they're calling it Day X. I have tweeted out the graphic. It is my pinned tweet on my Twitter, at Sarcasm Stardust. Um, we have a graphic up with the phone number for the Capitol switchboard. Um, there is a bipartisan piece of legislation currently in the United States. It's called House Resolution 934, HRES 934. Um, you can go uh, to my Twitter and get this phone number. It is 202-224-3121. That is the congressional switchboard number. So you just call, um, tell them your location, where you live, and they will um, send you off to your uh, the representative that you uh, need to talk to. Um, so call and ask your um, uh, senator or House representative to sign. Well, obviously, for the resolution, um, ask your House member to sign on to HRES 934, but also call your senators and ask them uh, for their support for Julian Assange and for press freedom. Um, continue to make those calls, make them daily. Uh, we need as much pressure as humanly possible before these court dates in February. Um, if you're in uh, London or if you can get to London for those court dates, there's going to be um, protests taking place outside the court on both of those days. Um, we just need as much help as humanly possible. So however you can get involved, please do so. Um, so uh, and one of those ways could be just be by sharing that piece from Charles Glass. Just getting the information out is hugely um, beneficial as well. So um, just whatever you can do. We've got a little over a month, month and a couple of weeks here to uh, uh, make as much noise as we can. So uh, we appreciate anything that you can do there. Okay. Don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack. Another quick reminder, I am running that now. It's not great because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm working on it. Uh, Indy's taking a little break, but it is mistywinston.substack.com. There's a write-up for the guest of the day every day. So you can find follow and support their work as well. And if you would like, you can shoot me an email at mistywinston at tntradio.live guest idea, show idea, you have a question, whatever it is, hit me up. Uh, I'll try to get back to you. And we have so many great shows here on TNT. If you would like a complete list of shows and the schedule that is offered on today's news talk, simply visit the website tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda right here on today's news talk. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies, we need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, a French court has given Algerian football player Youssef Attal, I hope I'm saying that correctly, an eight-month suspended prison sentence, this is insane, for a post that he shared on social media about the war in Gaza. I mean, this is insanity. Uh, here with this story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. All right, my guy, we're uh, it's a, sus a suspended prison sentence, so I guess that's good. I don't know. This is insane, Adam. It's only going to get worse. Way to go, France, leading the way, 2024. 
Like, oh, yeah, this is does not bode well. Uh, but I guess uh, I guess it's limited to France right now. Coming soon to a country near you. Uh, but I guess he reposted something. Oh my goodness! Well, off to jail with you. Uh, then he was convicted in the the court uh, in Nice. That's Nice, France. It looks like the word nice, of course, to us English speaking. Folks, uh, but the Nice Criminal Court said on Wednesday that a video Atal reposted on social media back in October provoked hatred on the grounds of religion. Okay, sure. Uh, wow. Uh, it also ordered the footballer who plays for the League One team Nice to pay a fine of 45,000 euros, which is approximately 49,000 US dollars. The comments at issue came in the form of a video of a preacher by the name of Mahmoud al-Hassanat, which Atal posted on his Instagram, where he has 3.2 million followers. Ooh, that's a lot of eyeballs. Uh, he did this five days after the October 7th start of the conflict going on between Israel and Gaza. Uh, after speaking about the children that Israel was killing in its retaliatory tax, attacks on Gaza, Al-Hassanat, the preacher in the video, reportedly made an anti-Jewish remark and doubled down. He called on God to, quote, guide the hand, end quote, of Gaza Palestinians striking back. Al Jazeera, that's where I'm reporting from, uh, was not able to confirm the contents of the post on Instagram, which Atal apparently quickly deleted and has apologized for. In the three months of Israel's war on Gaza, more than 22,000 Palestinians have been killed. And as the listeners and viewers of this program are aware, that is mostly women and children. When Atal shared the video, he was with the Algerian national team in his home country. He withdrew it the following day when Nice warned him it was likely to attract controversy. Well, they were right. The 27-year-old also offered his apologies, saying he would, quote, never support a message of hate, end quote, and that he condemns violence, quote, no matter where in the world, end quote. Well, that could be a problem because I think you're supposed to be pro-violence coming from one side. Anyways, during his court hearing in December, Atal apologized again, saying he wanted to send a, quote, message of peace, end quote. But he did the same mistake a lot of people do, Misty. Apparently, he did not watch the entire 35-second video before posting it. However, that was not good enough to convince prosecutors or plaintiffs. Here's where it gets ultimately scary. Prosecutor Maggie Choitia, totally butchering that name, sorry. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, based on what this person said. Uh, they said, quote, this is what they said to the court. I, this is crazy. Quote, sharing a video means being party to its message and lending it visibility, end quote. Meaning you're just as guilty just because, like, this is crazy. This has gone too far. Uh, he will, fa uh, apparently, Atal will further pay for details of his conviction to be published in regional daily Nice Matan and national newspaper Le Monde. Uh, nice suspended Atal from playing until further notice while he received a seven-match ban. Uh, he's also, he was previously detained by French authorities in November due to the post, and he had to, he got out on bail worth 87,500 US dollars, 80,000 euros, and he was placed under judicial supervision until the trial. This is insane. Wow. I don't know. France has gone AWOL. What do you think? Wow. 
Wow. I mean, the idea that he uh, was, first of all, detained. The idea that you're detained for a 35-second video on social media that, I mean, supposedly it's um, anti-Jewish. I don't know. I haven't seen the video myself personally. I'd have to see it for myself to uh, make a judgment call based on that. But we've seen the way that they are pretending like any um, support of Palestine at all is anti-Semitic, which is absurd. It's ridiculous. That is absolutely not the case. Um, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've been called an anti-Semite. Uh, I'm not, never have been. It is absurd. Uh, the idea that I'm against Jewish people because I'm against genocide is so ridiculous. Um, but that's, listen, that's uh, really the only thing that they've been able to hide behind for all of this time. So I don't know the details of the video. I don't know, um, you know, whatever. But the idea that he's be, he, he was detained, he had to pay $87,500 US dollars. He was placed under judicial supervision. He's been uh, suspended from his team. All of this stuff, it is crazy crazy that that is taking place over a social media post. I mean, and it's not surprising. We, I mean, you and I have been talking about this kind of stuff for a long time here on the show. I've been talking about it for even longer. Um, this kind of stuff has been building up across the globe. It's, this is not just France. This is happening in multiple locations. We saw it a lot during COVID. I mean, there was people in Australia who were being arrested for social media posts. Um, and that's going to continue to happen. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's just going to keep getting worse. Like this is, uh, they want full control over the narrative. They want to... Um, um, uh, they want full control over everything you see, hear, read, think, know, um, talk about. They want full control over that. And frankly, they're close to getting it. I mean, it's um, this is it's like it's we're very close to losing any um, and we don't have much of it now, but we're very close to losing any semblance of free speech or being able to just think for ourselves. Uh, we're not far away from uh, losing that. So yeah, this is not surprising. It's crazy. Um, I fully support this guy um, uh, and anybody else who is being penalized for speaking freely about their support uh, for anything. I mean, I would never want somebody who supports Israel to be uh, uh, arrested. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just for like tweeting out support of Israel. Now, if you're calling for a genocide, I think that that's you know that's something that's a little bit different that's what i'm saying i haven't seen this video so i can't make a, a a judgment on that but um i think it's nuts that we're seeing people get arrested for social media posts but what do you think adam i mean surely this is just going to uh lead to all good things right everything's fine yeah i'm just you know it's, it's stuff like this as scary as it's getting in the united states we're still not at the point yet where we're going to go to jail well, actually, I take it all back. All right. Yeah, yeah things are not looking good, people. <laughs> I was trying to be optimistic, but see yeah. how far we have fallen. But I mean, technically, it's not nearly as bad as it is right now in, in this instance. Yeah. Um, yet, knock on wood. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. As I said, it's coming soon to a country near you. So, I mean, I don't know what we need to do. Maybe we need to get together some sort of um, condemnation of this sort of treatment uh, from an international body. Uh, UN, I'm looking at you, but I'm not going to yeah. hold my breath. But yeah, I don't think there's anything we out here in America can do, uh, you know. No. I mean, the only thing that we can do is band together when something like this happens and speak out against it um, as loudly as humanly possible. The UN is useless. I mean, clearly, their their own people, their own employees are getting murdered in Gaza. And the guy running the joint won't even, like, say, oh, our employees uh, um, were killed. By who? My guy? Say it. Like, he won't, he's, it's just so weak-willed and spineless over there. And uh, that's 
that's unfortunate. But yeah, the UN is completely useless in these types of situations. Um, but we need, uh, I think all of those um, official bodies are all pretty useless and corrupted. So it's going to take the people, the people of the world need to come together and uh, make as much noise as possible when something like this happens, stand in support of each other uh, when we're attacked this way. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's really the only thing that we can do. It is terrifying though. This is, this is a legitimate jump into global fascism and there's so many people cheering on. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Um, all right, Adam, thanks for bringing us this story. We will talk to you again tomorrow as always. Hang tight. We're going to be back with our guest here on today's News Talk. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative and she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around. So that's not really taking off the way they want to either. And then she said something very interesting. She said, you know what? When the water crisis comes, people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water. And if you don't have water for a few days at a time, you'll know all about it. So maybe, you know, we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's, what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a World Economic Forum type narrative. Could this be what it is? Locked and loaded with Rick Mon on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a, a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Our guest today is my pal, Matt Orfala. Matt is an independent content creator, video editor, and journalist. He, as I mentioned at the top of the show, makes incredible, hilarious, uh, various mashups on a host of different topics, things like COVID, elections, mainstream media hypocrisy, all of that stuff. Uh, he has a new video actually in the works called Ukraine Will Win, which is not what you think it is. Uh, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be fantastic. You can check Matt out over on Twitter at Orf, O-R-F, and as always, links to his work can be found over on my Substack. Matt, thanks so much for being here, my friend thank you misty it's an honor yeah yeah it's good to have you here it's been a while <laughs> yes yeah it's been a long time um okay so let's talk about the video that you're working on uh it's called ukraine will win um but that's not what you mean right <laughs> right so yeah it doesn't look like that's going to happen uh but what no. it's about is that's what we were told was going to happen indefinitely <laughs> or, or like no matter what um and <laughs> Well, yeah, like I said, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like earlier, less than a week ago, Politico 
came out reporting that the Biden administration is shifting its strategy and they had a administration uh, official, you know, anonymous, of course, uh, discussing that it's likely that you'll have to negotiate to end this war. Surprise, surprise. Um, and naturally, if you're going to negotiate at this point, you're going to have to likely succeed, uh, secede territory to Russia, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, like not everything <laughs> that the Biden administration was repeatedly saying would absolutely not happen. All you got to do is just pour billions of dollars in and this will never happen. Uh, yeah. And and pour uh, hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians and Russians into graves. And, you know, this will never happen. Well, that was bullshit. Uh, not yeah. um, we had leaks come out to show it was bullshit um, that, uh, are, you know, of course, just like in the Pentagon Papers and the Vietnam War leaks showed that during the Russian Ukraine war, our own government knew that the best case scenario was a stalemate. Yeah. And yeah, you to tell us uh, pay, you know, <laughs> let's just burn trillion trillions or billions more dollars and kill hundreds of thousands more people. Yeah. And that's what's so gross about this, Matt, because this is not the first time that they've done this. Listen, y'all, how many wars, how many times did your government get to lie to you before your sense of skepticism kicks in? It is mind blowing to me that people bought into the Ukraine thing in the first place. It was absurd on any level. I mean, how many the Gulf of Tonkin weapons of mass destruction, the Syrian gas attacks. I mean, we can go on and on and on. They've lied us into these situations so many times. And so if you're if you're not immediately skeptical of these things from jump, I there's something wrong with you. I mean, there's just no nice way to go about saying that. And you're right. I think that what's most despicable about this is that uh, they sold us this line that uh, first uh, so many. Right. I mean, first of all, it was um, unprovoked. Right. Russia just decided one day to uh, invade Ukraine with no cause, no justification, no reason, no context, nothing. Right. It was just Putin's in a bad mood. He's a madman. Um, And then also the idea that Ukraine had a chance at all in the world to win this thing uh, was absurd on its face. And watching them now, as you mentioned, they're now starting to shift the narrative and try to walk themselves back out of it. It's so gross, Matt. It makes me sick. Yeah. Genuinely makes me sick. And and one way that they try to do that is they say, well, from the very beginning, Biden said that this would this would end have to end ultimately with diplomacy. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, every war ultimately ends in diplomacy. Yeah. Somebody surrenders yeah. and, you, you know, come up with some uh you know agreements and uh but but in that same article that they would uh cite which is was an op-ed that biden actually wrote in the washington post uh he also says that he would never tell ukraine publicly or privately to give territory to russia yeah. as part of a negotiation he would never do that well that's exactly what this looks like is going to happen yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just very funny to me that the same uh, article that they will cite uh, to say that, oh, the Biden administration never changed their opinion. Well, there's a whole other part of it that that makes clear that, yes, it was a total flip flop. 100 um, percent. Yes. Yeah. And listen, you mentioned the hundreds of thousands of uh, an entire generation of Ukrainian men and now uh, arguably some women 
uh, were sacrificed on the altar of Western imperialism to fight an unwinnable proxy war against Russia um, for Western interests. This had nothing to do with Ukraine. We don't care about their sovereignty. Are you the idea that people think that we care about Ukrainian sovereignty or Ukrainian lives or Ukrainian democracy or any of that stuff? We don't even care about our own democracy or our own people, and it's. Um, it, the the way that they're so effective at selling that stuff and and making people buy into it and um uh you know creating that that uh, manufacturing consent to use a grossly overused term but it is accurate the way they're able to so effectively manufacture consent for this stuff time and time again and now they're doing it with Israel Gaza um uh, Taiwan's on the back burner we've got stuff happening in Venezuela and a whole host of other uh regions and it's just so frustrating that this happens over and over and over again and that's why I yeah. love your videos because I imagine I haven't seen the new video yet but I imagine uh it'll likely be pointing out the way that that narrative narrative has shifted in the way that they were able to so effectively manipulate people yeah I mean just to give people a taste I mean look but we have Biden <laughs> Again, Biden administration is saying, yeah, we're going to have to negotiate. But uh, and the, but previously he said, Putin already lost the war. Yeah. He's already <laughs> lost that war. I remember He's already that. lost that war, end quote. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the hubris uh, to just, I mean, maybe not just hubris. Like He he knows he's lying. Yeah. Uh, of course, to, to say stuff, something like that. Um, and yeah, it is sad that people just continue to believe it. It's sad that, um, yeah, that the, the invasion happened to begin with. I, I don't think it was, you know, right. Pe people shouldn't have to die over the, you know, borders and shit. But, yeah. um, but it, yeah, it is true. It's not accurate to say it was entirely unprovoked. And I think your viewers might enjoy a past, uh, video I did on it called, uh, it's not about NATO, which was an another yeah. previous talking point that turned out to be total bullshit. Yep. Um, because, yeah, the head of the secretary general of NATO himself admitted that so that um, Putin totally did not follow through with his goals. And he cited but in saying that he cited how other countries have joined NATO now. But in mm -hmm. order for that to have failed his goal, well, that would have had to be about nato to begin with to prevent nato expansion to begin with anyway <laughs> yeah just... no it's yes and that's it's so um uh insane to me the way that people are able to compartmentalize or just ignore all historical context listen i'm no fan of vladimir putin i don't like any world leaders they're all psychopaths right um and it's so i'm not like you know old oh, putin's a good guy what he did was right of course you know invading and killing people and i'm anti-war just in general i think it's not i'm, I'm pretty hard line on that so but i think it's absurd to ignore the fact that for eight years uh ukraine was killing ukrainian ethnic uh, i'm sorry ethnic russians in ukraine um uh 14 000 people were killed nato was uh, expanding uh, was basically on their doorstep with nuclear weapons uh, and for eight years putin was telling us to back off i mean this is not this is i mean it there's historical reference for this there's it, this is just reality um but people just decided that it you know again he just woke up on the wrong side of the bed one day and decided to start a war that's just not what happened and then they tried to sell him as this psychopathic madman which i mean listen he very well may be dude is you know former spy he's the a leader of 
one of the most powerful countries on earth. You don't reach that level of power without being kind of a psychopath. You have to be willing to do some really horrific things to get to that point. Um, but it's just uh, the way that they tried to sell it in the United States and the way that they and the reasons why they were selling it that way in the United States, again, to, uh, you know, just sacrifice. We use Ukraine as cannon fodder. And to me, that's just so disgusting. And they're now um, uh, have been completely obliterated. Um, they're, uh, they're, there's like old men now on the front lines because they killed off an entire generation of uh, Ukrainian men. Um, and this thing is just, uh, it's been a complete disaster. And uh, there's going to be no reckoning. They'll just slowly walk back their narrative and it'll disappear from the headlines and then nobody will talk about it anymore. So, all right, we got to take a quick break and get headlines. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on TNT Radio. Turn on the news. I have a little news flash. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Turkey has apprehended 33 people on suspicion of espionage for Israel, with an ongoing search for another 13 people linked to Israel's Mossad intelligence agency. A false 911 call led law enforcement to the Long Island home of billionaire George Soros on Saturday, claiming he had shot his wife. Saleh al-Aruri, the deputy chief of Hamas, was reportedly killed in a drone strike in Beirut's southern Dahlia district, a known Hezbollah stronghold. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. All right, we're here with uh, an amazing, uh, uh, I guess, filmmaker, content creator, journalist, Matt Orfla. Uh, he makes hilarious. They're so good. I really cannot recommend them enough, enough. And I actually wanted to, um, It's uh, we were just talking about the way that they uh, kind of walk back the narrative on uh, Ukraine. Um, and we saw that with another uh, headline uh, event that took place over the past several years, which was COVID. And your video on COVID is so good. It's I cannot recommend it enough. I've watched it, um, I don't know, probably at least a dozen times um but it just it, it's the it's called nobody is safe um and it just goes through uh the various different ways that they um you know lie to you on the COVID issue as well and what what have you because you've been this is something you've been doing for a while now what have you have you learned anything about the way that the the, the propaganda game works around these issues because it's something I'm endlessly fascinated by um I study propaganda all the time in the way that it's weaponized and I'm sure that in doing these videos regularly I'm sure you've uh, picked up a few things about the way that they uh they, they do this stuff I mean it's it's pretty amazing um I mean we all know if you you know study anything about propaganda you know like the, one of the main uh ingredients is repetition and yes. so the fact that they repeat this stuff is not surprising but but just seeing how much they do it for yourself it maybe is surprising um and you can't really understand how much it is unless unless you see it for yourself and that's what i try to do try to show people. and still my complication is just still just a sample like, you know, yeah. it's, it's just days and days and days, months and months and years in the case of COVID of material. Um, but I just try to give us a sample that to, that kind of encapsulates, gives an idea of how prevalent and pervasive the messaging is. Uh, yeah. 
I can't imagine how much mainstream media do you have to watch in order to accumulate all these clips to put together? <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Someone asked like, God, it was something like, hold on, let me, let me look. Cause someone asked and I, and I actually looked what like the latest search. I, okay. So something like, you know, it, like just 20,000 search results or whatever, you know, it'll pop up and it's just like, Jesus Christ, like how, but I try to go through them all, you know, <laughs> oh. and <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you yeah. do it. I can't, if I watch more than 45 seconds of mainstream media, I get angry. Like it just makes me angry. They're so awful. And in my opinion, mainstream media is one of the greatest threats uh, that we face. They are the purveyors of, um, you know, uh, all of the, all of the lies that push us into these unbelievable situations, the COVID situation, Russia, Ukraine, and now they're doing the whole Israel Gaza thing. I mean, it's just time and time again, it is, uh, the, it's the media who is, um, the mouthpiece for power. And so I can't imagine having to sit through hours of Rachel Maddow. I would lose my mind. I think I would certainly oh. lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, yeah. Matt. That's crazy. There's another. Yeah, I saw a great funny thing. Yeah, speaking of watching racial matter, which is not fun, but you know, I, I, with my work, like you said, I do have to do it. And uh, I saw a very funny uh, clip of her. Uh, so Trump uh, referred to uh, fascists and lefties as uh, vermin um, last month, and uh, or maybe it was two a month and a half ago. And Rachel Maddow did a whole segment saying that, you know, as, as, if you're if you ever use language like vermin to uh, describe your enemies, you are. That's what Hitler did. You are the next Hitler. And mm -hmm. she just went on the a, a rant about this. And I mean, it's just a quick search through the Washington Post. And there are literally dozens of references to Repu Trump and the Republicans as rats, just repeatedly calling them rats, vermin, yeah. even ver vermin, even a headline calling him vermin. The exact same yep. word. Uh, yeah. Oh, and another very funny detail I thought. So the super PAC, the Democratic Party super PAC that started that whole uh, talking point, uh, their biggest contributor, according to Open Secrets, is Bette Midler. And <laughs> surprise, surprise, she had a tweet that, that referred to uh, everybody on Fox News as vermin. You know, nice. the, the worst Uh blood-sucking vermin so that's pretty incredible the exact word they're using to uh to, to to frame trump as a unique evil right separate from the uh the dems sorry uh yeah of course and the biggest donor to the super PAC yeah the exact same language i mean listen wait until they hear what israelis are saying about uh gaza <laughs> You know what I mean, wait until you hear. I mean, I have a whole thread of Israeli officials um, uh, where they're calling them human animals and vermin is a word that I've seen used and um, a whole host of horrible things that they uh, have been referring to them as. So, yeah, I think that that's one of those things that I talk about all the time, that if our team does it, it's fine. It's OK. But if the other team does it, then it's bad. And that's, um, you know, pretty par for the course in Washington. I think that there's that whole tribalistic mentality where, um, you know, a lot of justifications and a lot of mental gymnastics. I mean, Olympic level mental gymnastics uh, take place in Washington, D.C. to justify a lot of the stuff that they do. Yeah. Um, you also did a really good video on uh, Nord Stream, which um I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's a little bit older. It's from 2022. Obviously, that happened some time ago. But that's listen, that story just kind of disappeared from the headlines, too, didn't it, Matt? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, what a story.
I mean, right? The gall of these people to to blame uh, the the terror terror terrorist attack on a pipeline on the owner of the pipeline. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just amazing. Like where there's there's just no logic at all. There's there, it makes no sense. None. No. Uh, and yet, I swear, it's very scary. Like I would meet people in D.C. and I don't think it was ex- you know it wasn't exclusively D.C. but they really believed it. It's like yeah. But why would they do that? They had, hey, he's just crazy. Putin's just crazy. I know, but it's amazing. Again, how it's amazing how effective it is um, for them to. The, the same thing happened with the Syrian gas attacks. It made zero sense for Assad to gas his own people at that particular moment in time or any point in time. But at that particular moment in time, he was winning. The United States was pulling out like it was good for him. What's the one thing that he could do to make sure that the United States remains there? Gas his own people. It made zero sense strategically for him to do that. Um, And yet people bought into it. I mean, then you had the CNN reporter going to uh, Syria, smelling the backpack. Oh, yeah, it smells like something. If that was actual, (laughs) you would not be smelling it, lady. Like, that's just absurd. But people are so... Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just um, they're incapable of rec- if we've been so dumbed down that people just don't recognize when they're being lied to or if they're just it's some kind of weird. I don't know what it is. I would. It, that's why I find propaganda so fascinating is because it's so unbelievably effective, even when it's unbelievably stupid. The covid stuff was incredibly stupid. People bought into that h- hook, line and sinker. And that's just fascinating to me. So I don't know. We got to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be ba- back right here on today's news talk. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has vetoed a bill that would protect Ohio's school children by banning boys from competing in girls' sports and banning genital mutilation under the guise of gender-affirming surgery. That's not gender-affirming to take a boy's penis and turn it into an artificial vagina. That's gender-denying. The problem is that I'm hearing from too many conservatives that it's not the government's place to make these decisions. Oh, really? The government already outlaws child pornography, child abuse, child rape, and even child labor. The government has laws protecting children from smoking cigarettes or using other tobacco products or drinking or taking other drugs. It's already illegal in Ohio for a surgeon to operate on a child without parental consent. So what this law actually was about is protecting children from their psychotic parents that are using their children to push their own social agenda. So to say that we need to leave these decisions to the parents completely misses the point. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Even the thought of dementia can feel scary. It's why we put off getting help, even though we've noticed changes in our thinking or memory. But an early diagnosis can change everything, giving you medical help and a support system around you to help you live better. Start with Dementia Australia's online checklist. Because the sooner you know, the more you can do. This is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
All right, we're here with Matt Orflo. We're talking about a little bit of everything because uh, Matt does fantastic mashup videos uh, where he exposes uh, the powerful and their hypocrisy and their they're hilarious. Um, I cannot recommend them, them enough. And uh, you actually made a video um, a while back about uh, Julian Assange, obviously something that I've been uh, that I care a lot about and have been heavily involved in. And uh, it's to me, it's interesting because the mashup that you did shows uh, mainstream media pundits, Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, a host of other people, um, speaking in support of Julian Assange, which is rare. They don't do that often. Um, frankly, they don't talk about him ever. Um, but they have, I think, and to me, and maybe you will agree or maybe you won't, I don't know. To me, I feel like that each of them have have made their uh, menial statements, um, uh, you know, once, maybe, maybe twice they've spoken about it because they just want to cover their ass. They just want to be able to say, hey, we said this was a bad idea. We said that this was a threat against journalism. And I feel like that's the only reason why they've made those statements of support, because if they actually supported Julian Assange, this would be the top story every single night on every single show. It would be the headline article of every single paper nearly every single day. It is the greatest threat to journalism, and in my opinion, ever. Um, and so the idea that they're not covering it, not talking about it, means that they actually do not support him in any way. Um, but I think they just wanted to be able to say that, see, we said it was a bad idea. But what do you think? I mean, you've, you've watched a lot of those. Uh, yeah. You had to go through and wade through all of that stuff. What do you think about it? So they absolutely do. Even those people at MSNBC that you mentioned, Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes, they absolutely recognize the threat to journalism uh, that it is. But the reason they actually uh, spoke out against the indictment against Assange uh, was because it occurred under the Trump administration. And then oh, as, soon as, as soon as Biden took over, they completely shut up about it as, yeah. because Biden is the one that's continuing the persecution. Um, yeah. So props to Tucker Carlson, uh, who's yes. really one of the few people that was, that's been consistent in the mainstream media. Um you know, threat through, you know, criticizing the government's actions against a journalist for telling the truth uh, under both the Trump administration and the Biden administration. At least since 2020, um, uh, as True. he mentioned very famously on his show, uh, he was not a, an Assange supporter in any way. And it was, in fact, Jimmy Dore, of all people, uh, 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 he who often just says that he's just some uh, jagoff comedian in his garage. He's more than that. I think he knows that at this point. Um, but it was it, Tucker said that it was because of Jimmy coming on his show and regularly advocating for the release of Assange uh, that he changed his mind. He changed his opinion on that. I don't know. I mean, I don't I'm not somebody that trusts Tucker Carlson. I don't uh, I, I don't trust him in any way, but I, I, it doesn't matter if he means it. It doesn't matter what his intentions are. It matters that he has a massive platform and regularly speaks in defense of Assange. And he just recently went to visit Assange. That was huge. Um, so, yeah, I think that and you're right. He really is. Uh, at least in mainstream press, um, at least as far as I know, the only one who, at least since 2020, has been consistently advocating for his release. And in fact, the week before Trump left office, every single night on Tucker Carlson's primetime Fox News show, he had a different guest on every single night um, uh, lobbying Donald Trump to pardon him, which was fantastic. It didn't work, obviously, yeah. but it was cool mm -hmm. that he was willing to do that on his show. That was awesome. So unfortunate yeah. he's the only one, though. It's really sad. Yeah, and, and yeah, he was the only one in mainstream media. Um, and that's why he's no longer in mainstream media. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> At least one point. of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That is a great point. And it's, what do you make of that? I mean, I think for me... Um, I don't obviously, in my opinion, those people aren't journalists. So they know that 
they know it's a threat to journalism, but they also know that what they do isn't journalism. And they understand that as long as they continue to play the game, um, you know, and to be, um, you know, stenographers for power um, and just do what they're told, that they are really under no threat. And so I feel like and I also think that there's and I think Glenn Greenwald has spoken about this numerous times. I think there's also quite a bit of jealousy. Um, Assange is what journalists should be. And I think a lot of people um wish they could do that but they don't have the courage you know what i mean yeah i think one of my favorite vids actually is uh i i i went to a place in dc that's supposed to be dedicated to uh, the first amendment it actually doesn't exist anymore that shows you the status of <laughs> the first yeah. amendment, uh dc or the respect for dc that dc has for the first amendment now but um anyway i went there because jim acosta was promoting his book about protecting the First Amendment mm-hmm. from the Trump administration. And I asked him straight up, what, uh, yeah, so what do you think of this threat, uh, this clearly this clearly huge threat, unprecedented threat uh, that the Trump administration has, uh, you know, thrown at the First Amendment, the Julian Assange indictment, of course, and he just gave the shittiest answer ever. Like just and I like which was a non-answer, of course, even though he prefaced it with I've been asked this question before. (laughs) He still had no fucking answer. That's amazing. It's just just a pathetic dodge, uh, you know, over and over again. And they actually so it was so bad. I actually I got in line a book to to get in line to get it signed so I could interact with him again and ask him again. And what happened before I could get to him? Uh, security came and they said see what was the exact quote it was something like uh we hear that you uh you might ask a question we're worried that you might ask a question they're, they're, oh, they're no. <laughs> so you have armed security come to me oh, in the no. line because they <laughs> they hear i may ask a question in the first wow. amendment museum dedicated wow. to the first amendment that's amazing and a journalist a journalist is afraid of being asked a question yeah. i mean yeah really? he's the one he's the one oh. that told security to stop me obviously i did that's get awesome. through but um that's but, yeah. we had a very similar experience i'll tell it quickly but but it's a very cool. with Rand paul we went to freedom fest mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. tnt uh um sent me to freedom fest i did a lot of interviews there but i also did a lot of assange work uh, my friend kendra went with me we handed out flyers we talked to a lot of people all that stuff Rand paul was there he's one of the featured speakers uh we wanted him we have this big tapestry that we're trying to get a whole host of, we've done it with a wikileaks flag before we take it to all of our events we have people sign it and then we're going to give it to gabriel shifton which is julian assange's brother um so they have a wikileaks flag that we've done for them now we're working on this big tapestry so we wanted Rand paul to sign it um and so my friend kendra bought a book she stood in the line um she asked him about it he gave a very flippant answer he was kind of rude to her and he was she was like she asked him very politely kendra's very polite she asked him very politely why don't you ever speak about the julian assange issue and he's like i have no sir you haven't i pay very close attention to this and no you haven't um and so uh then it just turns out that he was coming um to do that like where our table was for tnt right across the way was 
was like the uh, area where they were doing shared media space so people could come and do their podcasts and things like that. There was a background and all of that stuff. So he came, he apparently had a, a, a th something scheduled. So he came and was right across from us. So we waited very patiently for him to finish his interview. And then we approached him again. Um, and he was like, you know, I don't like feeling like I'm being forced to do something. And I'm like, nobody's forcing you. We're literally just asking for two minutes of your time to talk about the situation at Freedom Fest, my guy. We're at Freedom Fest. <laughs> if you can't talk about the First Amendment at Freedom Fest, what is wrong with you? And he has since yeah. said a couple of very tepid things in support of Julian Assange. He's been nowhere near as loud as he should be. He's That apple fell fall fell far from the tree because you know what when i went to um uh the in the uh i'm sorry um uh the oh my god why am i blinking uh the rage against the war machine rally last year his dad signed it no questions asked his dad signed it yeah his dad's not even a, a question yeah and his dad I is a legend he, i think paul has i mean he's recently he's said more about it um yes and didn't he was he one of the signers of that yes. uh like bipartisan uh yep. attempt house res yeah. 934 yeah he Thank is a you. signer yes. on that like i said he is Good. he it, since then he has spoken about it but prior to that when we were there he hadn't really talked about it at all i mean um yeah. not at all <laughs> so the idea it, that he was yeah. trying to pretend as if he had was very frustrating and i just want to say like yeah so it's like you know mention it to him like your friend did you know, if yeah. a lot of people doing that is probably what led him to finally take some actual actual legislative action. Yes, you know, I agree. Um, yeah, because the libertarian movement, which he is sort of loosely affiliated with, is fantastic on this issue. They're fantastic. The Libertarian Party, the National Libertarian Party. I just had Angela McCardle on the show. They have been amazing on this issue um, from jump. Um, they're incredibly supportive. I, in fact, I just sent them the uh, little graphic that we had made up for the phone calls that we're doing. Immediately, she was like, yes, we will sign it. They include Assange in their list of demands for their events. Like, they're incredibly, uh, in fact, they invited Gabriel Shipton to be a speaker at their national convention. And so the idea that he, and I think that that's probably right. I think that um, a lot of people from the Libertarian Party have probably pressured him uh, on the issue, which is great. Um, we need, that's exactly what works. So, I mean, and that's another thing. Uh, we like the we talked about how there's no journalist speaking in defense of him. There's very few politicians. Even now, we have some. Um, like there's the bipartisan. <laughs> I will say this bipartisan piece of legislation. I'm not sure if it's the uh, the the latest one, but the one prior to that. Matt, would you have ever guessed that there would be a piece of legislation that both Marjorie Taylor Greene and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez were both signed on to? Because that happened. That's crazy. And it's great, right? and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And that's why we need to not be so, you know, hateful and closed minded about, you know, the other people like groupthink is one of the biggest problems yes. in our society. And it's what allows a lot of the propaganda to work Yeah, uh, because most of the propaganda is just about demonizing, you know, the other side. And if you can demonize the other side, you don't really actually have to have a good reason why they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, because unfortunately, because unfortunately, demonizing the the quote unquote bad guys is enough to you know change people's mind about an issue even though it has nothing to do with the issue it's irrelevant you know who the people are that support or are against an issue <laughs> yeah yes that drives me nuts and we've seen that become so I don't know maybe maybe it's just because I'm old I don't know but maybe like it feels like it's gotten so much worse I don't remember it being this bad before and it feels like that tribalistic mentality where like you just said we're trying to desperately other each other 
Um, and it's a lot of work has gone into that. They want us fighting amongst ourselves. Obviously, um, we're much easier to control if we don't come together um, yeah, against the, our yeah, common get, enemy. Go ahead. Don't, yeah, don't like you need to just release the rage, guys. Release the rage. It's just, yeah. This outrage machine is not good for us. Really, you know, do do deadlifting like like Misty. You know, yes. do more deadlifts. How's that deadlifts going? Are you, my you do, favorite. And, yeah, I love, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. totally deadlifts fucked my back up just last week. So everyone, you do your deadlifts, but you <laughs> make safe. sure you got a good posture. Keep you know focus. Yes. On your form. Focus on form. Yes, yeah. for sure. Deadlifts <laughs> are a little bit, a little bit tricky. You have to, and don't, don't, um, what do they call it? Don't ego lift. Um, I could oh, go, yeah. I could do a whole show on lifting. I love lifting. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world right now. Um, and that's, I get a lot of my rage. That's where it goes is in the gym. Um, yeah. but yeah, the, the ego that's lifts correct. are not good. It, 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 nobody cares. Um, how much you lift. It's not about you versus anybody else. It's about you versus you. I know that sounds very cliche, but it is incredibly true. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah don't do, yeah, don't do that ego lifting on Twitter either, right? That's they call no. it virtue signaling. It's the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't yes. help. It doesn't help Twitter's anything because tricky, if you do that too much, you will never have that opportunity, like yeah. Jimmy Dore, to talk yeah. to convince someone. Uh, you know, with with the power of your argument. Yeah. Yes. And, and but Twitter is tricky. There's um, Twitter is so toxic. And at least in my experience, I have so many trolls who they're not interested in legitimate conversation. They're not interested in having a real debate about ideas. Um, they're trolls. They're interested in trying to rile me up or they're interested in. And a lot of them are um, uh, super obsessed with my every word, which is bizarre, like bizarre to me. I'm a nobody. Um, and there are people who just dedicate their lives to follow me around Twitter. And it's so ridiculous. So that's it's a little bit tricky. Like it's people are like, oh, you just want an echo chamber. No, I don't. I'm just not going to waste my time with trolls. It's not. Why would I do that? It is such a giant waste of time. But um, I get crap all the time, Matt, because I am all about giving credit where it's due. Do I agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene on everything? Absolutely not. Will I give her credit when she speaks in defense of Julian Assange every single time? Every time I will do that. Do I like Tucker Carlson? Do I agree with him? Do I trust him? No. But do will I give him credit where it's due if he speaks in defense of Julian Assange? Every single time. I don't know why that's controversial, Matt. I do not know yeah. why that's controversial. I mean, I've, I've noticed something and I think it's pretty interesting. So every, pre, literally every time I I see, it, it seems like when I see um, an account that I think makes no sense at all, that is just saying this the stupidest shit ever to me. And I sometimes I and I'm curious. So I, I go to their uh, page or whatever profile and almost oh, like, you know, sometimes it takes a long time, but I could always eventually find something that I agree with them on. Uh, even there if might it's a be. dog and cat pick, <laughs> but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so sure. so everyone. um Yeah, like we have I really do think there's more. uh Yeah, we all have more in common than than, than not. For and, sure. I'm more talking about the people who um, uh, like are just trolls. The Ukraine like they, accounts, the actual. Uh, yes, yeah, like, like the, the yeah. NAFO and those types of people. Like I, there's um, uh, in my in my opinion, there's one person who I think runs dozens of accounts dedicated mm -hmm. solely to hate stalking my Twitter feed. I'm not wasting my time trying to find something in common with you. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm just not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just yeah. I don't have the time in my day for that. Oh, kind sure. Of effort. Sure. I don't you think it's I'm productive. Saying? I don't think no. it's a good use of my time to do that. I'm just saying I no. actually did that. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Like, there's 
even if we disagree on something uh, like huge, something like that, and I just think that your position is despicable, I'm sure that there's another issue where we can find some sort of uh, common mm. ground. There's no question about it. But the trolls who, um, that's so weird to me. I hope they're getting paid. It's too depressing <laughs> to me to think that there are actual grown adults, that that's how they spend their time. Um, I, I, I hope you're getting paid. I hope you're getting paid well. I hope there's benefits involved. Don't sell yourself short. At least get what you're worth. Um, it's just sad to me but you know whatever all right unfortunately matt we're out of time uh tell everybody where they can find you find your work support your work all that stuff uh patreon Substack. just subscribe to me on Substack. you know uh yeah help me i don't know if you got to rewatch this interview you'll you'll see my uh my studio is falling apart help me <laughs> fix my studio <laughs> and support me on Substack or patreon follow me on twitter rumble youtube all of those uh mega corporations thank you so yeah. much misty yeah, thanks for coming. It's always great to talk to you. I look forward to the Ukraine video. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Um, and as always, if you guys want to uh, check out Matt's work, there's links for everything, all the stuff he just mentioned over on my Substack. Quick uh, one-stop shop for you. Again, that's mistywinston.substack.com. So go over there, support Matt, support independent media. He does great work. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. Appreciate you as always. And as Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now. Don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea right after this on TNT.